0: Welcome to the Simon Short Podcast. I am Simon Short. It is week two of our NFL playoff slash Super Bowl contender uh, series here on the Simon Short Podcast. We are talking about the two powerhouses of the AFC in the Buffalo Bills and the Kansas City Chiefs this week. The main part of the conversation is about the Buffalo Bills with Danny Saragusa of Phantom Sports. So, really appreciate Danny coming on and and talking Bills. We have a really good conversation about that. So, everybody should go and follow Danny first of all on Twitter at SaragusaDanny Danny, um, and on Instagram Danny Saracusa. Uh, so make sure you go do that, especially if you're a Bills fan and you are just interested in the Bills through the season. He also uh, runs a lot of the social media stuff over at phantom. So we really appreciate his work there. Um, So a lot of tie into phantom sports. Uh, If you go follow Danny, we appreciate it. Um, We have a really good conversation about the bills. So on the flip side of that, I want to talk about the chiefs here at the top. And it's a pretty open shut case talking about the Kansas city chiefs. We kind of know what this team is. Um, So I, I felt like I could do this pretty easily going solo. So let's just go through how the chiefs, are faring this season. Um, Obviously they are 10 and three. So definitely competing for that number one seed, but they do uh, are, are, or I should say they do not have the tiebreaker with the Buffalo bills. So if they obviously finish with the same record, that's going to go to the bills, but we'll see what happens here down the last four weeks of the season. Um, But the chiefs are having a great year. They're first in total yards per game and passing yards per game. They're second in points per game in the NFL um, they're just 18th in rushing yards per game, which isn't too strange. We expect that from the Chiefs, but I will note uh, they're they're doing that at 114 yards about per game on the ground. But over the last five weeks, they've been finding their running game 132 yards, which would be eight. Now we'll see if that really translates. They are playing some poor running, run defense teams, the Chargers, uh, the Rams in that, but they're also playing the Broncos and the Bengals uh, in, in those weeks. So um, to, some... A mix of things there, but it looks like the run defense between Pacheco and and even Jack McKinnon is starting to do something. Um, flipping over to the defense, they're fifteenth in yards per game allowed, twenty second in passing yards allowed per game, just six in rushing yards per game, which is a nice sign. But maybe that's just because of a volume standpoint, right? They they give up a lot through the air, so why bother running? Nineteenth um, in points allowed per game, so it's not a bad flip, right? Where okay, you give up the 19th most points in the NFL, but you score the most. So in theory, you should be winning most of those games. But obviously when it gets down to late in the playoffs and you're playing the Bengals or you're playing the Bills, one of these other top offenses, you don't want to be the team with with the worst defense. And a lot of that is with is due to the defensive backs that they're playing. And we'll, we'll get into that a little bit later. If you like the advanced stats like I do, they're seventh in total DVOA. First and offensive, just 25th and defensive DVOA. So, whether you're looking at the traditional or the advanced stats, this is a fantastic, basically the best offense in the league, but a pretty poor defense. Uh, If you want to get digging a little further, they're second and pass DVOA offensively, 11th and rush DVOA offensively, 25th and defensive DVOA through the air, and, and 20th on the ground. So, not not great either way, but again, through the air is the big issue. That's where you can really attack this team, and we it, it's very easy to kind of see the the reason for that. They are playing a lot of rookies on the season defensively, uh, especially in the backfield. Guys like Trent McDuffie have gotten a lot of time. Joshua Williams have gotten a lot of time. Um, Ryan Cook, the the safety slash corner, have gotten a lot of time. So they're they're playing just a lot of really young. And and inexperienced players and you hope that by the end of the season in the playoffs, that's gonna translate into, hey, this guy has a lot of experience now, right? He, he trial by fire throughout the season and, and now he's ready for for a playoff matchup. Uh Jalen Watson is the other guy, the seventh round pick. Um so you 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 see some good things from those guys, but you also see a lot of the rookie mistakes that I wonder if when they're matched up with a Stephon Diggs or a Jamar Chase or even a T Higgins and and, a Gabriel Davis. You, you just wonder what that matchup is going to look like. Right. And and if they can get enough stops at the end of the day. Now, Lajarius need is, is at least back there and he's fantastic. He plays all over the place for them. Um, And their front has looked a lot better. Right. So Nick Bolden was, was a pretty good, had a pretty good season as a rookie last year. He's continuing that Chris Jones is back to his normal position playing inside. That's been good. George Karloftis, the first round pick. He's had his moments coming off the edge. Um, so their front looks better than it has in years past. And and of course that's, that's led, uh, through a lot of their, you know, schemes and blitzes and, and the fun things they do to really get after the quarterback, but it does put pressure then on the defensive backs, right? They're, they're in a lot of situations where they're either in man or there's not a lot of help underneath as much as some other teams that are not blitzing as much, not running as much, uh, um or are running more zone defense. So they're, they're kind of on an island, and they really have to make plays. So having those veteran safeties, you know, Justin Reed is, is back there as well with Juan Thornhill at safety. They're going to rely on those guys a lot to not allow big plays, right? So so if there's at least going to have to be long drives, you have more of a chance of forcing that offense to make a mistake and, you know, less opportunity for the big plays, and so more opportunities where you're gonna have to punt, you're gonna give up sacks. Um and, and that's what the Chiefs want, right? They they wanna give up the yardage, but not necessarily the points. So then you just hope that you can keep it down enough. You can you can make just enough plays that your offense can just outscore anybody else that's on the field. And, and that's gonna be, you know, interesting to watch, but but let's focus on the offense because that's where where we're what we're really talking about here. Um and the key to this season for the Chiefs offensively has been, okay, Tyreek Hill is gone. Can you change what you need to do offensively? And that was predicated on losing to the Bengals the way they did in the AFC championship game last season where you know the Bengals famously rush three, drop eight. Say Mahomes, you're you're not getting anyone deep, wide open. Um, nickel and diamonds to death. You have those 12 to 13 play drives over and over again and score four or five times we dare you and they couldn't do it Mahomes you know he's even said wasn't patient enough to do that throughout the game right he would do it one series and it would work and then he'd want to chuck it deep the next time and, and you know he would do it into double coverage so they changed their personnel They, you know Tyreek Hill's gone and it's Marquez Valdez-Scantling who does you know 50% right he's the same style receiver where it's fast and big play downfield, not as much on the screen game as Tyreek Hill, but okay. We have a speed element, but we also have Juju who can work the middle field. We have Sky Moore who can work the intermediate areas um, as a, as a young receiver and it's worked. Obviously they're the best offense in the NFL. They have the most yards per game, second in points, most passing yards per game. So they're, they're still, don't worry guys. They're still finding ways to score the ball without Tyreek Hill, but you just Wonder if when push comes to shove, because we saw it in the Bengals game. Is this the formula to to beat the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes? Can you get after him with just your defensive line, whether it's three or four? And, and the Bills will be an interesting matchup for this as well. They, they like to blitz, but they like their defensive line and, and they can rotate those guys in and out, as we'll talk about with Danny. Um, can they put enough pressure on Mahomes? Because what the Bengals were able to do this year, that I didn't really feel like they were able to do last year in that playoff game, when they rushed three. Last year, it didn't feel like it was really bending the offensive line the way it did this year in that game a couple of weeks ago. Um, they were able to really make Mahomes look uncomfortable in that game, and, and it it was really pretty surprising. Um, considering that offensive line, but. That the, that the Chiefs have, but the strength is in the interior. They didn't have Joe Tooney for that game either, so they are playing with a backup guard, and, and their tackles have been pretty underwhelming this year. Um, but Mahomes went 16 of 27 for 223 yards and a touchdown. No interceptions, which is nice, but he took two sacks, um, which isn't even you know a whole lot for what he did, but I'd be interested to know what his time to throw was in that game, how quickly he was getting the ball out, because it definitely felt like a lot. Or it definitely felt like it was really, really quick. So when they get into these playoff matchups, it is just going to be can they remain patient? Can the offensive line hold up? Um, Maybe they go with a bit of a a heavier package and they add an extra blocker. You know, they bring in another tight end and and they use, you know, the back as, you know, hey, wait to see if anybody's rushing, maybe chip somebody on the way out and then be a check down option. Jarek McKinnon, we've seen especially in the last two weeks, is getting hot. So, so can, He's a veteran. He's a tough guy. I'm sure he'll throw a block. Might not be that effective on a Sam Hubbard or Trey Hendrickson or Gregory Rousseau or A.J. Epinesa, but can you throw it out there and give that tackle a little bit more time to get to the outside and and then be there as a check down option? And Mahomes has shown he's more willing to do that this year than he has been so far in his career. But can he sustain that, especially in a big playoff moment where you want to make the big play and you want to win the game for your team? Can he tone it down? Right, and that's that's what's going to be about. So the keys for the Chiefs: How do those defensive backs fare, especially late game, playoff setting, two minute or two minute drill, four minute drill, um, fourth quarter in the cold, under the lights, right? How can they fare in in crazy Buffalo or against the Bengals? Um, just seeing how those guys are, and then can can that rush get home? Right? Can you affect Josh Allen or Joe Burrow? two guys who are so good against the blitz because of, you know, Burrow's just inability to be afraid and and Allen's ability to get out and scramble whenever, right? So can your blitzing defense be effective against one of those top two quarterbacks? And then offensively, can you just remain patient? And, and like I said, their run game has gotten better throughout the year. Can they lean on that a little bit to slow the game down and maybe force, you know, the, the Bengals or wherever they're playing to, keep their linebackers at home a little bit more. Then you open up more of the pass game um, over these next four games for, for the chiefs. They, they obviously have a pretty good schedule. They're playing the Texans this week. Um, and then they play the Seahawks also not a very good defense. Then they play the Broncos who are a very good defense, but then they finish up with the Raiders. Can they use those three games to really get that run game where they want it to be and then make that something they at least can rely on a little bit to start out games keep the defense honest, um, because Pacheco can or McKinnon can break off big runs if they get the hole. So can can you rely on that a little bit and then can Patrick Mahomes just stay patient and, and check down and find Juju over the middle, find Kelsey over the middle, check down to his running backs, um, and then hit the big play every once in a while that's going to be the key for them. And, and it always has been. And, you know, can they keep my homes up and, and, you know, not pressure too, too much and, and not on the ground too, too much. And just keep everybody healthy, man. And, and that's going to be the key for the chiefs. We're going to talk a little bit more about the chiefs in my conversation here with Danny. So again, really appreciate everybody listening and being on this ride with us as we get close to the end of the regular season and into the playoffs. So um, let's kick it on over to me and Danny talking about the bills. Uh, enjoy the podcast. All right, everybody. Danny Sierra Gusa is in. Uh, we are going to talk Buffalo Bills, which is very, very exciting because it does feel like the Bills are on the up, although we did jinx the Vikings last week. Um, they, they went and lost the line, so hopefully, fingers crossed, we're not doing that to <laughs> you, Danny. First off, Danny, how's it going, man? How are you doing tonight? Uh,
1: pretty good. You know, it's, you know, uh, hopefully the Bills can, uh, can finally make it. You know what I mean? They've been the last few years to the playoffs every year, and then it's kind of like... It uh, falls apart at the end there, you know, but uh, hopefully this is the year that they, can, that they can get it done and get over the hump.
0: It, it's felt very on track with like an NBA team in the playoffs, right? Where it's like, okay, the rebuild happens. You're not in the playoffs. You get in mm-hmm. the first round, you kind of get knocked out, but you get your feet wet a little bit. And then yeah. then you win a round or two, right? And you, you run into who your conference juggernaut might be, right? So for the Bills, mm-hmm. obviously, it was the Chiefs. You run into them and you don't quite get over that hump yet. And then it's kind of that next year or two after that, where it feels like your window is really there. So that's definitely squarely where we are with the bills right now. Right. We have this expectation. Um, And and it feels really good because the season started off feeling that way. Right. And and then Mm -hmm. we kind of hit a lull. Um, So to go through the season so far, 10 and three, uh, which is obviously very good. uh, But you know, what was it? The first, eight weeks you know through week eight the team was six and one right and then Mm come out of the bye, one and two um but 10 and three key wins against the jets ravens and chiefs obviously key losses against the dolphins jets again and and then the vikings um and and really that that lull in the jets game week nine josh allen hurts his elbow um then has the vikings game the next week that you know kind of had a dip and -hmm. then a get right kind of spell is where we are right now. You know, you get to come back and and play the Browns and lions defenses. And now, now it feels like they're kind of back on track, beating, beating the Patriots and jets and being able to put up points against them. So just 30,000 foot view for the season, for the bills. Um, Talk about some of the biggest surprises of the season so far, both uh, ones for the better and ones, you know, for the worse. All
1: right. I think one of the, biggest like surprises uh positive like positive wise is just that they're able to be 10 and 3 first of all i mean of course who, who wouldn't want to be 10 and 3 i mean right. i mean obviously i wish they could be you know undefeated as of right now but one of the biggest surprise i think was that uh titans game week two i was actually at that game mm-hmm. uh the monday night game was my first yeah. prime time game. it was awesome uh just the way they were able to stop derrick henry that was my biggest thing yep. and the way the defense was able to Just to come up and and stop them, and they pulled Josh Allen. I think middle of the third quarter, Mm -hmm. like, yep. So I was there with my brother. We're like, okay, so what do we do now? Just root for, you know what (laughs) I mean? We just like, what? Just gotta sit here, wait for time to run out. You know what I mean? Because it was just they were just, you know, score like scored that quick. And Matt Milano had a pick six that game too. That was awesome to see that live. And and then the very next drive, he almost had another one.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: So I mean. I just think the biggest surprise is when they beat when they beat teams, it seems like they're scoring a lot. Yep. I mean, they're ranked what? Like, I think top six or top ten in like uh, points yeah. per game or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Fourth
0: and points per game. Yep.
1: Fourth. OK. Yeah. So I know that they're, you know, they're capable of scoring. It's just a matter of. They need to be consistent. And I think uh one another thing that surprised me is the way the defense has been able to uh to manage without key players like Trey White who just got back 2 weeks ago and without Micah Hyde who got injured week 2. I was at the at the same game I was at and you know you had a lot of younger guys like Greg Rousseau who said to step up on defense and he's one of my favorite players he's he's amazing. And you know uh guys like Shaq Lawson who came back to the bill. So I mean I think those are biggest like surprises for me is like how well they've been able to Persevere, persevere through some of these injuries and whatnot.
0: Yeah, let's let's dive into some some more of those stats. So strengths and weaknesses I had down here. Uh, here here's the positive. It's a long list for the positives. Uh, fourth in points per game, six in passing yards per game, eighth in rushing yards, ninth in yards allowed per game, fourth in rushing yards allowed per game, second in uh points total allowed per game. 2nd in overall DVOA, 4th offensive, 4th defensive, 3rd in pass DVOA, 5th and 15th in run DVOA. We'll talk about that in a little while. 7th in pass defense DVOA, 3rd in rush defense DVOA. I mean, you're talking the top 5 in every, you know, major broad view, both traditional and advanced offensive and mm-hmm. defensive category really, except for running per game and, and we'll like I said we'll talk about that. So, and, and they're doing that despite these injuries. So, let's talk about some of these injuries and and how they're bouncing back let's start on the offensive end josh allen obviously is the big story that's where it's most important that ucl injury that he sustained in the jets game here here's what it felt like to me kind of kind of watch from the outside i watch i I watch both the jets and vikings games um in full and it felt like he was still totally willing to chuck it deep, right? No problem with that. You know, digs mm-hmm. can catch anything. Dave, uh, Gabe, Dave can, uh, outrun anybody. And, and you, even Isaiah McKenzie can get loose everyone's. So it felt like he wasn't too worried about, okay. The accuracy on my deep ball, right. I, if I can just get it out in front of somebody, I'm good. But it mm-hmm. felt like the short and intermediate passes, that was where the accuracy kind of had some more issues. Um, how yeah, did I'm you sure. feel like the offense kind of, uh, had a step back during that injury and, and I mean technically he still is dealing with it I think but uh, yeah. how, where did we see the offense kind of tail off and then how are they dealing with it now that they're kind of back on track with four straight wins
1: well it kind of started uh, when I was looking back at uh some of the game stats and whatnot it kind of started at week eight versus Green Bay where he had two interceptions in that game mm-hmm. and the Jets was the week after that so it, it mm-hmm. started before the injury even started Right. So, like, all these announcers are like, oh, you know, his arm is making him play bad and this and that. I'm like, it started before that, though. Mm-hmm. So, you can't really make that. I mean, as a Bills fan, obviously, you know, you kind of want to use that excuse, but you really can't to a certain extent. Right. And, yeah, he had two interceptions in that game and then a week nine against the Jets. And then he had two interceptions and a fumble against Minnesota the week later. Right. So, the way I look at it is, a lot of people are like, "Oh, I think he's regressing. This is the year he's, this is the year he's going to hit that regression stage." Mm-hmm. As a fan, obviously, you don't want to say regression, but mm-hmm. looking at his stats, I really don't think he has. I mean, he's still throwing yeah. for 200, 300, 400 yards each week, and he's still yep. getting yep. rushing touchdowns. I mean, he's a tank. I mean, he is their running game to to a yep. certain extent. Oh yeah. So I mean, but yeah, I do notice. Uh, you know, you, like you said, he's. He's good on those really deep throws. I mean, he can he's got probably the strongest arm in the league, if not one of, you know, the one of the strongest. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I look at it, but I think a lot of it is uh he's in his own head. Mm-hmm. Uh I've noticed that just um in civil things, it'll be a, a throw uh 10-15 yards down the field, he'll throw it like five feet in front of somebody yep. or behind them. And I just uh saw it the other day in uh, the game against the Jets. I mean, I know it was snowing and it was, you know, gonna be hard as it is but I don't remember who it was, but he overthrew the receiver by like 10, 15 feet.
0: Mm -hmm. It's like,
1: and I've kind of noticed that in, in the game since he got injured. So, but I think it's more of not necessarily aggression. He's just in his own head, maybe not on the same page with his receivers or, or he's just um, him and Ken Dorsey, the new offensive coordinator aren't really on the same page. I think, Mm -hmm. I think that's more of it. And I think they're kind of, now starting to like figure it out more as the season's progressing yeah and so i think where they did hit a bump in the road i think it's better they hit it there at week uh eight nine and ten rather than week 15 16 17 you know first round of the
0: playoffs you know what i mean absolutely yeah that's that's so huge and and the eagles had this too right they kind of slumped around the same time for two or three games and that's going to happen. You're, you know, it's so, you're not going to go 17 to no, right. You're, you're not mm-hmm. going to, you go 16 and one or well, the Eagles might, but it it, it so rarely happens. There's going to be a slump at some point. And yep. Yeah. You would much rather be in and for these best teams, it is in the middle of the season. It's in the slog. It's right before kind of right after the bye week Um, when, when you're, when your body's tired and your mind is tired and, and, teams have enough tape on you and all this stuff. And then it's about just how you bounce back from it. And, and mm-hmm. that's what separates the good teams from the super bowl contending teams. And, and that's what they're doing now. Like I said, four four straight wins, after those games, it's really interesting about the Packers game. And, and in terms of when this stuff really started, right. And, and then, you know, it's a chicken and egg thing. Oh, well, there, there's so many theories you come up with, right? Did he start throwing poorly? So his mechanics were off. So then he hurt himself yeah. or did he start getting the injury a little bit? And it didn't really exacerbate till the jet. There's so many ways you could think about it, but either way, I think there's all, all of that aside, cause injuries happen. We know he's banged up all the time.
2: Yeah.
0: This, this is very normal for Josh Allen, right? We are now on year three of him being a top five quarterback in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And even in the crazy 2020 season where he threw for almost 70% completion percentage, he has a month where he just does silly, goofy stuff because he's Josh yeah. Allen, right? And you have that when you have these ultra-big, ultra-athletic quarterbacks that can extend the play, right? Patrick Mahomes does this with Kansas City. Yeah. Um, Ben Roethlisberger with the Steelers used to do this, right? Where mm-hmm. he is so big and he, you know, it's so hard to get him down. That's the same thing with Josh Allen, where it's like, you know what? I can keep extending the play. I can keep extending the play, and then I'm going to force something. And then you are in your head. It's a little uh, Keanu Reeves and the replacements. It's like quicksand, right? There's a couple mm-hmm. weeks where you you go through this mental exercise of don't do that, don't do that. Oops, I did it anyways, and then at some point you just snap out of it, right? And and that's what he's done for all of these years. And and the the point about regression is so interesting because that 2020 season was so insanely productive and efficient that that was the outlier season. So he really had quote-unquote regression last season Mm
1: -hmm. going
0: from 69% completion centers to 63%. And guess what? It's still really freaking good, and that yeah. he's still on that well, and that's the, as last and that's the thing. And that's the thing, too, is like people say, "Oh, he regressed,
1: regressed." But look at Stefan Diggs; he's in the top five in receiving. You know what I mean? Look at Josh Allen; he's he just broke some record. I think for he's the first quarterback in NFL history to like have at least five rushing touchdowns, and I think like twenty passing touchdowns, or some some similar stat like that. Mm-hmm. So I mean, he's still doing; he's still breaking stats each week. Yeah. You know, so I mean. And in looking back at the uh, some of the games that he was losing, or the games that they lost, uh, I know one thing I noticed is that they weren't really spreading the ball out as much.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It seemed like uh, games that they were winning, they would they would spread the ball out to six, seven, eight guys, whereas games that they were losing, it'd only be like three or four guys. And mm-hmm. I also noticed that on those games that they were losing, they didn't really target Diggs as much, aside from the Vikings game. But I mean, it's like Diggs is your best receiver if it isn't broken don't fix. You know what I mean? Keep, keep throwing to him, keep throwing to Davis. You know what I mean? Knox, which he got a uh, catch and a touchdown last week. They, they need to get him involved more, which they really haven't. I mean, they just signed a new contract in the off season. You know what I mean? They got to get him involved. So I think it's like I said earlier, it's a thing of Ken Dorsey adjusting. Like, you know, what kind of offense do we run? Do we want to target, you know, seven, eight, nine guys in a game? Do we want to, you know what I mean? Yep. I think it's kind of, you got to find your rhythm and just stick to it.
0: Yeah, and it the game planning aspect is going to be so interesting. So at the end, we'll, we'll do a little thing where we talk about like the different matchups that we could see in the playoffs. But the Lions game, for example, I've been saying for weeks, the Lions have gotten good defensively at picking one thing and being really productive at it on defense, right? Because their defense is so bad. They have so many holes. They're like, okay, we're going to pick one thing and completely eliminate that. Yeah. So what we saw the Bills do, or, or what we saw the Lions do against the Bills was they completely locked down the outside receivers. So mm-hmm. Diggs, Davis, we're, we're putting our safeties all the way to the boundary. Our corners are playing man against you. Y- you're not going to get these guys on wide open, deep bombs on the outside, big up and outs, big crossers to the other side. Um, the Bills countered with Isaiah McKenzie in the slot, just like you're saying, going over the middle. Dawson Knox, short yeah. over the middle. So they have so many weapons, and, and I know Naheem Hines hasn't really gotten gotten going yet. But you now they have three backs like out Christian of the – yeah, exactly, uh, but but they now have three options out of the backfield, especially now that mm. James Cook is starting to do some things. Yeah. They have so many weapons, so when they – yeah, really – it feels like they're back in that groove, right? We're saying when they do this, but yeah, in the playoffs, whatever they want to do, whenever they, they want to pull anything out, they have so many weapons they can go to, and that'll be so huge. Let's talk about the defense because because that's where um not really issues. Again, I just read off everything. My only negative or weakness, I should say, um, that I that I had listed was their 19th in passing yards per game. And I even wonder if I kind of filtered that out by week, if that's starting to get a little bit better, especially as both guys start to come back. You know, you mentioned um Trey White, the corner, is back now. Mm-hmm. He's he's been back two, three weeks, something like that. But then even yeah. just the young guys that have been playing, they're going to get better. I mean, that Dolphins yeah. game, week three, they were playing like four or five day three or undrafted draft picks yeah. in that game that, that, was that, really had never, yeah. that had never gotten run before. Um, all of a sudden, Kyrie Elam, first round pick, who I really like, but all of a sudden he was the best defensive back out there basically, right? Because wasn't Poyer out that game too. Um, yeah.
1: So what happened was Elam, yeah, it was like the first game in like, there was some stat that said it was first game in like two or three years where either Poyer and Hyde haven't played haven't played in a game together,
0: yeah, or haven't been
1: in the same, or haven't played at all, rather.
0: Right. Or um, so, games. so they just gone to those young guys so much so early mm-hmm. that now I do think we're starting to see it pay off for those guys. That at least have the experience now that if they get into smaller roles, it's going to get better. But what have you seen? What What's been impressive? Um, for you from the defensive back standpoint where they're at right now and then kind of looking ahead as guys get healthier.
1: Yeah, for sure. Uh, I think one of the main things I think not a lot of people may not know about him is Christian Benford, a uh, six-round pick, a uh, cornerback, who he's actually been better than Kyrie Lam. Mm-hmm. Kyrie Lam hasn't even really – I mean, he's played, but he hasn't played on the level as Benford has. Like, Benford is a solid number two right now when when he's healthy with White. And, you know, nobody, not even Bill's fans would have saw that come in. I mean, Brandon Bean did, of course, because he's a genius. I mean, but, yeah, I think uh, those guys step, stepping up on uh, Teron Johnson. Uh, he steps yes, up big time. Um, I know a lot of people, a lot of Bill's fans like like to knock on him, but, I mean, he's getting tackles. He's, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He's he's out there doing his job as best as he can. And as, as you said, they're, uh, they allowed a lot of passing yards. Uh, this year but I think that's because they're missing out on a guy like Micah Hyde you know what I mean Micah Hyde was one of the best guys one of the best safes in the league and Poyers missed a couple games here and there and uh so I think a big difference maker like I said has been Benford Elam is kind of I think he'll get there like you said he'll get better over time it may not be this year but it'll probably be next year he can be a top you know what I mean top three top top three corner in the team and they've had to rely on uh a lot of their uh linebackers to help out too, Matt Milano mm-hmm. and Tremaine Edmonds, Tremaine Edmonds has gotten progressively better each year. You know, last year I was at the point where I was like, you know, Edmonds, you know, I'm not a big fan of him, this and that, because he's not really great on the pass coverage, mm-hmm. but he's really great run defense. Yep. So when him and, uh, so when him and, uh, Milano are playing together, that's a good, that's a great duo. Yeah. And they could help stop, uh, um, Tight ends and whatnot, and you know, right. stop the run game or, or when they're rushing outside. But yeah, I think uh, with with the uh, with the lack of Micah Hyde being there, I think that uh, that has been kind of a kind of a challenge for them. Especially when you got you know, like you said, guys like Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill. You know what I mean? They did a good job week two. Uh, Justin Jefferson, I think, or he, yeah, he had a pretty good game when he mm-hmm. when they played him. But I mean, that's Justin Jefferson, right? But I think for the most part, uh they've been able to to do pretty to do pretty well. Not not necessarily maybe cornerback wise, but the defensive line. You know, Von Miller who like led the team in sacks before it got injured. You've had guys like Greg Rousseau step up, AJ Epinesa, uh, Shaq Lawson who they got back. I mean I think uh hopefully come playoff time it'll they'll just get better each you know, even better every game in each week.
0: So Yeah. So hopefully, yeah, you know, we he, can, we can see an improvement,
1: you know, moving forward.
0: Devon Miller thing. Yeah, that was, that was my next question because so much of, of the pass game defensively starts with the pass rush and what you can mm-hmm. do and, and what we've seen the bills do over the last couple of years, while they haven't had a number one star pass rusher, they, they have been the biggest component or biggest proponent of like, okay, let's get like eight defensive linemen that we like in like, like hockey lines, right? Swap them Mm -hmm. all out. And like, so everybody's always fresh. So that's where you draft a Greg Rousseau and an AJ Epinesa and just like keep bringing in good players who are always going to come in and out. And then, and it was going pretty well, but you still felt like you were missing that guy that on third and eight could just, you know, pin his ears back and go get the quarterback. And that was what Von Miller was going to be for the playoffs. And that's what he had been so far this season. I think I know what you're going to say because you've mentioned his name a couple of times. But where do you see this team? Who do you see them kind of relying on? Who do you see that big play guy going to be now moving forward without Von Miller?
1: Uh, I think that I think there's a I think there's a few guys.
0: Uh one of the guys I forgot to
1: mention was uh, Jordan Phillips. He's, mm-hmm. uh, he's a really big guy. He's really helpful for them when he can stay healthy. It seems like he's always getting injured at practice and last year he was injured. But when he's in there, he's a beast. He's unstoppable yeah. for them. And uh Von Miller was uh Von Miller's been uh hyping up Greg Russo all, all year this year he's always been posting stuff on Twitter of always hyping up mm-hmm. saying you know he's learned a lot he's so smart and a lot of the coaches have said the same things too so I think regardless of if Von Miller uh, can't play you know he's going to be out there he's going to be coaching him he's going to be helping you know all those guys you know he's going to be shouting stuff from the sidelines so I don't necessarily think it's going to be one guy I think it's going to be all of them coming together to work together you know I think you're going to have Matt Milano and Tremaine Edmonds and AJ Klein even yeah I so I think it's not necessarily one guy I think it's I think it's all all of them all those all those guys linebackers and D-line they're gonna make they're gonna have to make the difference
0: yeah Leslie Frazier the defensive coordinator and, and the things he can do with with blitzes especially on third down really lends itself well to this team who has a lot of movable pieces right we always has there ever been a broadcast of a bills game where somebody didn't mention matt milano was a former safety right so like and they (laughs) always say it not after he's a pe- in a pass coverage play. They always say it. Well, they say that too. But it's, I always mainly feel like I hear it when he's behind the line of scrimmage. And they're like, oh, and by the way, he used to be a safety too. And it's just like, yeah, okay, we get it. <laughs> but it is hugely important because yeah. you know you can move that guy around. And Jordan Poyer, you can play him as a linebacker or a safety. Tremaine mm-hmm. Edmonds, um, like you said, he's gotten so, so much better in pass coverage because of that innate athleticism he has. I love that guy, by the way. Quick sidebar. Are they going to resign him, or can can my Steelers go get him? Because I would I would love that. Let's get all three Edmonds brothers and let's just get the linebacker for the Steelers.
1: I don't I don't know. I think it's kind of a I think it's kind of a toss up. I mean, they still have to sign Poyer. So yeah, they got a lot of guys, don't they? Yeah. So I don't know what they're gonna. I mean, regardless of what happens, I think Brandon Means a genius, and he's gonna you know fill the fill the gap regardless. So I mean, right. I'm not too worried about it, but.
0: All right. Yeah. Just let them go. Just let them go. Pittsburgh will take them. We'll take them. Um, <laughs> stay, stay, getting back on track here. Um, Yeah. They can, they can just throw so much at you. So maybe yeah. if nothing else with losing Von Miller, somebody gets spurred on a little bit, right. To make that extra step when it comes to playoff time. And they're all fresh at least from adding that other body who, who did so much you know, no defensive lineman on this team has played more than 60% of the snaps this season. Mm-hmm. So, like, these guys are fresh still going into yeah, the end of definitely. the season. They're going to be playing offensive linemen who are running ragged, and, and in a lot of situations, and a lot of matchup, they're going to be playing second and sh- third string offensive linemen, and It's getting colder, no ones to hit, and these guys are fresh and ready to go. Yeah, um, so it's it's going to be a lot of fun to see, and, and see who steps up, and see who's the one that is going to kind of become that, you know, star of the, of the playoffs, you know, mm-hmm. you, you definitely hope it's Rousseau, so, but it could definitely be any of these guys could step up in a big moment. You you can really feel, I feel like I even seen, you know, big old Ed Oliver out there this, you know, the, this season. Mm-hmm. So the more fresh these guys can be, just seeing which one can kind of step up is going to be big. Um, let's let's move into playoff expectations now. Uh, I mean, obviously, this is Super Bowl or bust, right? Like like nothing else is yeah. satisfactory at this point, right? Mm-hmm. Um, when you look at the, your, the, the Bills and going into the playoffs, what do you think they need to do differently to get over that hump?
1: I think one of the – I mean, okay, so they already beat the Chiefs this season. So, I mean, but they also beat the Chiefs in the regular season last year too. Mm-hmm. So it's just – I think it's a matter of – them in the playoffs because i feel like if if we're going to get there we're going to have to face the chiefs eventually in the playoffs unless something crazy happens yeah i mean another team i could see uh possibly making a run is the dolphins i mean that's a team that we're that we we faced this saturday and you know we'll see yeah it's a huge game yeah so that has possible playoff implications so we'll have to see uh what happens there but yeah i think we just need to I think they need to stay consistent, first of all. Like, I think we need Josh Allen to be 100%. He needs to, you know, not make the – not get in his head. Because if he gets in his head, then it'll be, you know, it'll be bad. I think run game – run game's big. Give the ball to Motor. Give the ball to uh, Cook, who they don't seem to give the ball to very often. But when they do, he's a beast. Mm -hmm. I mean, which I don't even think – Bills probably won't re sign Singletary in the offseason because they don't really yeah. sign running back. So, I mean, I think Cook is going to be the future. So, yeah. I mean, give him the ball now. Let him, let James Cook cook. I mean, <laughs> well, I think that's the thing. If, you know, if you face a team like uh, Miami or the Chiefs and they shut down one of those facets, say the past, then you've got to rely on, you know, James Cook and Motor to, to, to be your offense. And, that, and that's one of the things I wanted to mention too is. Josh Allen can't do everything on his own, and I think we learned that with you know the with his injury and whatnot. And mm-hmm. as much as he wants to do things and he loves taking contact, he even says that too. He likes running into people, so I mean that's kind of scary, but cool at the same time as a fan. But but yeah, you need to you got to let uh you got to give the ball give the ball to your 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 big backs. You know you got even even Duke Johnson a few weeks back when they brought him to practice squad. He uh had a really long punt return. So, I mean, there's multiple guys that that they have that they can utilize, aside from Stefan Diggs, Gabe Davis, Dawson Knox. You know what I mean? They 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 have so many guys they can turn to.
0: I would love to see them run the ball more, and it's mainly because they went and got big Roger Saffold in there at left guard this yeah. offseason from the Titans, who I just love, man. And every time I turn on the TV, he is just kicking somebody's butt and putting it on the ground. It is fantastic. Uh, can you imagine being... A safety back there and if he pulls on a josh allen run and it's like okay i've got saffold here and behind him is josh allen running straight at me like i'm just there's no way i'm gonna survive this entire play um yeah i I mean i i love that and and, you know you get to the point where that risk reward factor of putting it all on allen and him being the running game and as you go, it's going to be more and more tempting as you go later and later in the season, especially in the postseason. Yeah. Where it's like, okay, this is like this is what we're here playing for. So, am I going to hand the ball off to, yeah, six foot, buck ninety, James Cook, who we haven't handed the ball off to all season, or mm-hmm. are we going to let Josh Allen just take the snap and in, in a spread system and run right over people? And, and yeah. To this point, I'm trying to think of guys like they. They just ha- aren't facing anybody in the AFC who defensively is really built to stop that. I mean, l- looking at some of these teams in-, in terms of having the defensive fronts, I mean, the the Ravens grabbing Roquan Smith, you know, helps because they mm-hmm. have some strong people up front on the defensive line. But I'm not really worried about that offense keeping up with the Bills. You know, the Dolphins and Chiefs, they scheme things up and do things pretty well. But still, I mean, we've seen Josh Allen have success there. But this game against the the Dolphins on Saturday is going to be very, 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 very interesting because we've seen the Dolphins also go through their struggles here the last two weeks. Mm -hmm. If the Bills can replicate that sort of thing and do what they do on offense, that would be huge. You know, I think about the Bengals who have really nice pieces up front as well. Like that might be the closest thing in terms of a team defensively that's built to take on this yeah. Bills team. Um, but still, like it feels like it's gonna just come down to it's gonna be a shootout in the AFC all playoffs yeah. long. Um, is, is there one matchup in particular with any team or or even, you know, digging in even further, like any matchup with a specific player going against the Bills on, on the for the Bills offense going against somebody else's defense. Is there any defense that that kind of worries you in a matchup?
1: I think the biggest defense, honestly, that, that scares me is is the Jets defense. I mean... Yeah, I didn't even mention the Jets. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. Sauce Gardner is just good. Insane. He's really good. I Insane. mean, it's, uh-huh. I think you know, the Dolphins, they have, a, they have a decent defense. I mean, I don't know who else besides them that the Bills really need to be scared of. I mean, right. you know, of course... Teams going to the playoffs, they're, they're great teams. But I mean, I think I feel more confident facing a team like, say, the Bengals or the Ravens, who, yes, they may have good players, but I don't think they're going to be, be able to deal with, you know, James Cook, Motor Singletary, uh, Stephon Diggs, Gabe Davis, Cole Beasley now, who they just re signed. You know, I think. Oh, wow. I didn't even know that. That's hilarious. Yeah. Didn't he retire? <laughs> He played one game one and a he half. He played games the one game with years. the Bucks and then he was yeah. like, I'm and out, then, guys.
0: I can't do this anymore.
1: And then yesterday there was rumors that he was in Buffalo and they just re-signed him. So I'm like, okay. That's hilarious. So we got Cole Beasley now.
0: That's so great. Uh, sidebar, other random retirements in the season. My favorite one of the year was Raiders linebacker Blake Martinez. Um, for, former Giants, longtime linebacker, Giants and Packers, longtime linebacker. And uh, he was on the Raiders this season. He appeared in four games. Week five, week seven, week eight, week nine. Um, he played in those four games, 10% of the snaps, 23% of the snaps, 31% of the snaps, then 91% of the snaps in the Jacksonville Jaguars game. And he retired after he was like, guys, I'm out. I can't be doing this anymore. I am. I'm a grown. I'm 28. I've been hit in the NFC North a lot. I, I thought I was just going to come hang out. I'm, I'm, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm done. It's just re- mid-season retirements are the most fun. I know. Was it a. Who was it a couple years ago? I'm gonna keep doing this now. Who was it that retired at halftime? Do you remember that? I do. I can't think of his name now. I gotta look it up. NFL halftime. I'm doing this one in real time. Halftime retirement. It was a wasn't it a corner? It was a corner, yeah. Because he oh, it was a Bills. It was a Bills player, wasn't it? Vontae Davis. Monte Davis, that's who it was. He got cooked in the first half of some game, and he just yeah, he was it was like, like it was like done. the
1: first game of the season, and they just like left yeah. at
0: halftime. People were like, okay, I guess it's gone. Uh, midseason retirements are, are the best. Um, so anyways, the Bills. Uh, actually talking about twenty twenty two Bills football. So yeah, defensively, the Jets. Right, that's where we left off. The Jets defense was so good against the Bills in this last game, and it's because they are built for this, right? So mm-hmm. the thing that Jets would do, would would like to do is have some linebackers that are just a little bit faster. I think that's something they'll address this offseason, but they have big, strong, fast, defensive linemen that can plug holes and keep Allen kind of from squirming through any holes, but they're also big enough to um, contain the edge, right? So it's harder to scramble outside of the pocket as well. And, and then they have linebackers that are actually big and strong enough to at least wrap Allen until other people come to, to get to him. And we saw yeah. a really fun physical front seven game um in in the jets game last week or last weekend the bills have been held to under 24 points just three times this season two of them were against the jets two of them were the two jets games the third one was the dolphins game where it was like 115 degrees and people were literally like falling Mm -hmm. over so i'm not i'm I'm not necessarily thinking that one's going to translate here to, to this game on saturday but the Jets is a really, really good point, and that would be really interesting if we see that kind of matchup. If the Bills did end up as the two seed somehow and the Jets snuck in there as the seven seed,
2: mm-hmm.
0: that would be an interesting matchup. And probably yeah. the one, like you said, offense to defense would be the tightest for the Bills. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm but then they can at least throw the same thing right back at the jets right that big physical front just like we saw and then it's a matter of who's going to keep up better mike white or josh allen and and i think we we know the answer to that one Mm -hmm. um anything else from from either of those jets games or or just what it could look like in the playoffs here on the jets before we talk about some of the other teams in the conference
1: yeah i just i just want to say how it was it was crazy how physical the bills get were with with mike White. i know there was a lot of controversy on some of those plays but those were clean legal hits. Yeah, they were. They were great hits. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they were some of the best hits I've ever seen. Milano on that one hit, and Ed Oliver got in there a couple times. Even Rousseau even Rousseau got a sack on there too. So I mean, so that, that that's, that's that's the kind of stuff I'm talking about when they don't have Von Miller, having guys like that that can step up to to really help out their defense. All
0: right, let's hit some of the other potential AFC matchups. Um, I haven't really sat down yet and looked at like who could get what for potential seeding. I, I,
2: I, I really haven't. honestly,
0: I, I, it's so stressful to do that. that I, I really just wait until like the last two weeks before I kind of check in on that sort of deal. But let's start with the Ravens. We already mentioned them briefly. Um, defensively speaking, we, we kind of said, you know, what would be interesting is they do have a, a solid defensive line. It's kind of the one group for them that's been consistent throughout the whole season. And then, you know, adding Roquan Smith really helps the linebacking core because it takes a lot of pressure off of Patrick Queen, and and he's more free to just kind of be instinctual, be a playmaker. And and Smith is big, strong, fast, really can do everything. Um, But the defensive backs have had their issues, right? Even the top corners, you know, Peters and Humphreys, they're getting older, Marcus mm-hmm. Williams has been injured. He looked good in the Steelers game, unfortunately for me. Um, Kyle Hamilton has really taken off yet, but but they have a good, a decent mix of guys back there. But it just hasn't been very consistent. So, um, and then offensively, obviously, it it's all about Lamar Jackson, and, and they're not yeah. passing the ball down the field at all this year. So it's really just the the run game, which hasn't even been great because of health. Uh, and then just hoping a tight end makes a play really for the Ravens offense. And then other yeah. than that, it's just asking Lamar to do everything. And, and, you know, now he's hurt and hopefully he's back soon and, and healthy. But um, a- anything on the Ravens that interests you? I mean, we kind of mentioned earlier, it could just be a case of, yeah, the defense might be a decent matchup. But even so, the offense is probably just completely outmatched in a Ravens-Bills matchup. Yeah, I
1: mean, uh, like, like, like I'm trying to say, I'm trying to think. The the bills, if if the bills were to face them in a matchup, I think, I think if anything, it would be, it might, it might be one of those games where it's like close to the beginning, like how it was when they faced early season, right. And then like, well, when I was watching that game, I was like, oh boy, this is bad. Bills are going to lose. It's going to lose. And then they just their offense came alive. Mm-hmm. So I think if the bills, it's if they just came out firing on all cylinders at the in the first quarter, I think the game would be over before it really even started. Yeah. And this is it. I mean, and I'm talking even if even if Lamar is in the game too. I yeah. I just think the Ravens' offense isn't isn't strong enough right now, especially with like the Bateman injury and you know what I mean. They're yep. they're just they they would rely too much on Lamar and Mark Andrews to to just be their offense. And I think that's asking too much of too much uh, for them.
0: Yeah, it's a matter of what you can adjust to, right, and what changes you can make. The Bills, as we talked about at the beginning. They have so many options. They can go in so many ways. They can make their offense into so many things. The yeah. Ravens are what they are, and and it's good when Lamar's there and, and healthy and clicking. Um, but if you can figure what, if you can figure that out, that then and you have the ability and the the personnel to to figure to solve it and stop it, mm-hmm. that, that's really it, right? The Ravens don't have a counterpunch. So yeah. and and that's what happened in that game, like you said, the you know close at halftime come back out, you have a better game plan for it and boom, you're good. Whereas the bills, you know, if they want to throw deep on the corners, but the corners are having a good game. Okay. Now we'll work the middle with passing to the running backs and Dawson Knox and Isaiah McKenzie. And, and now you have to adjust and stop that. So I, I think you're, right. I think even if it is kind of close at the beginning, um, the, the the bills are just going to be able to figure it out. And they don't really have anybody that can slow up Josh Allen. And then, if they get up early, right? If they get a quick two touchdown lead or something, it's it's basically over. Let's let's yeah. do the Dolphins now. And this one, we could gab all night about what the Dolphins matchup might look like. We're gonna see it on Saturday, so so we won't spend too too long on this. Yeah. And, and it feels like the the week three performance was so long ago that that you can't take a lot away from it in terms of where the teams are at now. But what would you look at for this Dolphins team? I mean, obviously a high powered offense with those two receivers, two is having a good season but their run game has been up and down and the defense mm. was good in the, it has been solid all year, but they kind of have to scheme things up just the right way. What What do you see in the dolphins matchup potentially?
1: I think from a defensive standpoint for the bills, I think one of the uh, big things is we have Trey white back. So yeah. that's going to be helpful. He'll probably be, I don't know if he's going to be on Hill or Waddle or he's going to switch or what, but I think having him back is, is helpful no matter who you're playing. But, uh, another thing is, uh, the dolphins have jeff wilson now and he's 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 done pretty good the last few weeks so i think it's a matter of being able to uh contain him as well so it's not like they just have uh they're good passing wise they're good running wise too now so but like you said they're kind of up and down so it'll it'll depend uh and the, the bills defense uh i know uh would you say some stat that like uh they're like fourth or fifth in allowing rushing yards or something like that mhm mhm so from the eye test, as a Bills final, that's one thing that they've kind of struggled with the past few years. I mean, they were able to stop Derrick Henry in mm-hmm. week two, but they'll have those games where they'll, they won't be able to stop guys like against the Jets, play up Michael Carter score. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So there's certain times where, yeah, yeah, they may be in the top five in you know yards allowed, but they'll have those couple big plays that'll, uh, that'll hurt them, unfortunately. So I think from a defensive standpoint, that's one of the things that Bills have to do is is make sure you stop the run, make sure, you know, you're you have mulatto healthy and guys like that. And hopefully Trey White is, you know, a hundred percent and Christian Benford and and I think they should be fine stopping them defensively. And then offensively, like I said, it's about just being consistent. You know, if if uh if the Dolphins quarterbacks are locking down Diggs, locking down Davis, you know, maybe go to Knox then or go to Cole Beasley who's back or you know, I or give it to James Cook, Motor Singletary. I mean, like I said, there's multiple there's multiple ways they can go about this game. So I think it's really in I think it's in the Bill's favor. And it's supposed to uh snow like seven inches up here too on Saturday and Sunday. So so it's like I guess it's kind of payback from the snow from the from, from the from the, from the ninety five degree uh game in Miami. So it's payback.
0: This is going to be such a deep cut that if you understand it, I will be very impressed. But it's a little, it's it's the holiday season, guys. It's December 14th. I hope everyone's listening to their, their holiday music and everything, getting pumped up. But it's a little bit like Year Without a Santa Claus. Do you know that old Claymation movie? Mm-hmm. Heat miser and and snow miser see i didn't even know that until i got you know to my in-laws family they they watch it every year sing all the songs but yeah you know we we've got we've got our fire right we've got the dolphins and and we've got our snow we've got the bills and we're going to see kind of who wins out they're going to feud and it's going to be great i'm wow i'm really impressed you have that uh in your bag there that's pretty interesting tells me a lot about you um so yeah it's good the this matchup this week i mean Like I said, and i just keep saying it, it's going to be so fascinating. And the key to beating the Dolphins these two weeks has been you play man coverage, which teams haven't wanted to do against the Dolphins because their receivers are so fast. And you're still going to give up one or two big plays if you do it. You get embarrassed in man coverage. But what you don't allow is the holes all over the middle of the field to open up and let Tua get on a roll and get cooking. Because Mm -hmm. if you can slow him up, make him think long enough about letting a deep shot go, and then you can start to bully him and get to him and and put pressure on him, that's when he's going to get happy feet, bad mechanics, inaccurate passes like he has these couple weeks. So these pass rushers, you don't need that one dominant guy, right? You just need Mm -hmm. enough time to collapse a pocket and make him think. And fast enough linebackers, which, my God, Tua is not a great athlete. He will scramble a little bit more just to pass, but he's not great at it. He's not a superb athlete. So when he gets outside of the pocket, if they can put one or two licks on him early with, with Milano or Edmonds, he, yeah. he's not going to want to do that anymore. Um, So it will be, it, it'll be a good test for where Trey White would Trey White is athletically and where I think so too, um, yeah. some of these other young guys are. Hey, can, you know, when you give up that one big play to Tyree kill, um, Kaire, can can you stay in at the rest of the game? Because we're just going to mm-hmm. keep asking you to do it. Or are the Bills going to ignore these last two weeks? I don't think they will, but it'll be yeah. interesting to see. Um, let's go to the Bengals. The the team I said, I think defensively, at least from a personnel standpoint, is probably built the best for this matchup. Yeah. Um obviously, this is where we kind of get into the first team that has enough going on that they could hang in a shootout uh, offensively and then defensively, a good defensive front. Um you would think by, by a late season playoff matchup, Trey Hendrickson will be back. He just uh, got a broken wrist. So he's supposed to be out a few weeks, but you you would think even coming back from that, he'll be playing at some point in the playoffs. Um, which is a crazy thing to say in a, in a sport. That's where football is. Yeah. He's got a broken wrist, but you know, he's going to play in three weeks. Um, but that front of DJ reader being healthy, Trey Hendrickson coming back, Sam Hubbard can really bend that defensive line, even with just the three of them. Um, and then they have really good linebackers as well, with with Jermaine Pratt and uh, Luke Wilson, Logan Wilson, to kind of run around. Neither are gonna be the guy to like put a real lick on Josh Allen, but they're gonna keep up with them, and be physical enough. Um, and then their defensive backs have been better this year and, and more consistent. So the, defensively, they are they have at least the personnel, and we know they have a good defensive coordinator um, in, in who who's gonna put a good game plan together. Offensively, we know they can keep up no matter what you want to throw at them. They can run the ball, they can throw it deep. Bro's shown this year, he can throw underneath and, and pick guys apart as well. What are you seeing in a potential Bengals matchup?
1: Yeah, you know, I think it's going to be it's going to be interesting. Uh, I feel like that might be a game where uh, the Bills O line kind of kind of collapses.
2: Mm-hmm. I think it's
1: going to make Josh Allen scramble a lot, yeah. but that might not always be the worst thing. I mean, because Josh Allen can do. A lot of things when he scrambles, yeah. you know he can. He's really good when he rolls out to his right. Yep. I mean He's he can do it to his left too. But I mean, uh, so I think it's gonna be a game where they're gonna have to maybe do some checkdowns. Maybe get uh guys like Motor involved more. Uh, mm-hmm. Cook involved. Maybe even Hines. That would be. I mean, he's a he's a good pass catcher. Mm-hmm. So I think it might be a game where they're gonna have to do some quick passes. Maybe they can do some quick slants the digs. But uh, and, and honestly, hopefully they can take advantage of, of maybe may, maybe the offensive line does does better than expected. Maybe, maybe they yeah. maybe they do well against the, the the defensive line. So maybe that gives Allen more time to to see Diggs uh, for a deep pass or Davis. You know what I mean? I think there's a couple different things that can happen. So maybe the Bengals d-
0: defensive line being good, maybe that's not necessarily a bad thing for the Bills. Right, because I mean the Bills offensive line is still a good offensive line. I actually have them. I'm higher on the Bills offensive line than than most. I I did a series over the offseason with Benjamin Parker of Phantom Sports mm-hmm. where we ranked the offensive I lines. That, yeah. I I put the Bills in the top ten. And again, I just I kind of just love Roger Saffold, so I understand that mm-hmm. <laughs> I I probably uh, am a little biased in that standpoint. But they're they're physical, right? So even if they're not the most technically sound, even if they don't give Josh Allen the most time in the league you don't need that because you have Josh Allen, like you said, he can scramble. So if they're at least big and physical and and they're not going to back down from DJ reader or Hendrickson or Hubbard, then that that sets the tone for whatever else you want to do. So when you get onto the goal line, you know, you can go with one of those smaller backs if you need, because you're going to get that push up front. It will be a really interesting chess match of do the Bengals, give the Bills kind of the Chiefs treatment, right? Where they're like, hey, we're gonna rush three and we're gonna drop eight like we do against the Chiefs, um, and, and force Josh Allen to kind of pick us apart, because he definitely can, but it, it's the same yeah. as Mahomes a little bit where, hey, are you willing to do it? Are you patient enough to sit back and, and kind of pick in, you know, nickel and dime and, and have 12 or 13 play drives? Mahomes has gotten better at that this year, but it took that conference championship game last year for him yeah. to learn how to do it. So are the bills going to have to go over that hump um, or are they going to be ready for it? I think they were a little more ready built for that kind of offense um, over these last couple of years than the chiefs anyways. But you know, when you get in the playoffs and you're hyped up and you're Josh Allen and you you got a rocket and you could throw it 80 yards, are you, and you have all that time because they're only going to rush three. Mm -hmm. Are you going to be patient enough that for a full 60 minutes, you're like, okay, just keep, checking it down to singletary just keep checking down to McKenzie. oh i got one comeback to stefan Diggs. okay i got you know can you do that all game without making a mistake without having even one kind of mental lapse that is Mm -hmm. going to be interesting um and then defensively you know you you, it it is just going to be the the matchups right and like how do you do it with jason higgins and those guys what they have that hill and waddle don't have so they've got burrow and burrow can do mm-hmm. so many different things he doesn't care if there's pressure in his face so those pass rushers they're gonna have to not just create pressure but they're gonna have to get home a lot on burrow if you if you want to beat this Bengals team you're gonna have to get to the quarterback so i do wonder with that do you think we potentially see and i'm not going to hold you to this if it's not the answer um at least publicly dm i might uh you know just talk a little smack but do you think we would be more likely to see the linebackers and some of these young feisty defensive backs right like a damar hamlin or something do we do we think we might see more blitzing on a joe burrow than we do normally for them week to week or do you think they're gonna do something similar where it's hey we're just gonna rush our four and rotate them and keep them fresh and put pressure but we aren't worried about about getting home every time, and we're just gonna focus on stopping these two receivers deep do you think we'd see a lot of blitzes from from you know these linebackers and things, or no?
1: I think we might see a mix of both
2: mm-hmm.
1: maybe maybe at the beginning beginning of the game they might start to put some pressure on him to try to wear him down, get him tired
2: mm-hmm.
1: and then if he's if he's still uh playing good, maybe they'll stop that and try to focus mm-hmm. more on say zone or mm-hmm. you know what I mean something like that uh. But I think it honestly just depends on how. I think it depends on Bill's offense as well too. If they get up, if they get up by say two touchdowns, maybe they don't have to necessarily worry about putting pressure on them. You know what I mean? I think it. I think it depends on how the offense is playing as well.
0: Yeah, that's a that's a really good point. I've I a a, a not a take, but but a stance I'm I've been taking this season, and, and it got fully confirmed when. Tom Brady and the Bucks came back on the Rams in the last two minutes. Was stop playing soft zone and prevent defense on good quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like don't do because if those guys get in a rhythm, you just you you can't let them get hot, right? So yeah. what I I like the potential game plan you're thinking of where it start with the pressure early and then maybe come off. Don't don't wait if you're like mm-hmm. okay, I'm gonna blitz Burrow at some point don't wait till the fourth quarter when he's already cooking and he's got four touchdown passes to Jamar chase. Cause at that point it's like a shooter in basketball. Like the the hoop is going to look 10 feet wide to him instead of two feet wide. Right. So if you're going to do it yeah, put pressure early, test that offensive line, see where they're at um, test to see where Burrow's at in terms of reading the field and reading these blitzes. and, And then, you know, if you need to back off, you can, but hopefully, you know, minus Von Miller and Micah Hyde, obviously, but everybody else is kind of healthy, and you have mm-hmm. all these different weapons at your disposal to to send these little sneak blitzes every once in a while. Yeah. Um, the the big one, the Chiefs. You know, it, it, if if we get this playoff matchup again, I mean, other than have the ball last, any any keys? What what are you what are you looking at in terms of this matchup? I
1: think it's. I think it's honestly gonna. I'm not really too worried about say the Bills' offense in in against that because we've seen you know they beat them last two years during the regular season and you know they were so close to beating them in off season last year the whole 13 seconds yeah yeah whatever. Uh, but I think it's gonna maybe go down just to defense stopping Travis Kelsey because the last two postseasons they haven't been able to stop Travis Kelsey. So mm-hmm. it's and Leslie Frazier hasn't really been able to necessarily figure that out. Yeah. So I think it's a matter of what can we do to stop him? What can we do to stop, uh, you know, their other wideouts? I mean, it's Juju. You know what I mean? It's Scantling. Mm-hmm. It's guys mm-hmm. like that. Like, that. maybe the Bills haven't necessarily played a lot, aside from Juju, because, you know, it's the Steelers, but I think it's I still think it's going to be a test because they're facing Patrick Mahomes. You know what I mean? There's the stuff that he can do. There's not a lot of stuff that he can't do. It's so I think, I think offensively, offensively they'll be okay. But I think it'll go down defense. I think it's going to be a shootout regardless. Yeah. But, yeah. but yeah, if they can figure out a way to to stop these wideouts on on defense, especially Kelsey. Oh my gosh, <laughs> he's, he's my worst nightmare. <laughs> but I th- I think that's what it goes down to. Stop st- stop the wideouts and stop their t- stop the tight ends. Simple as that
0: it's simple man just go stop travis kelsey right that's all you gotta do um (laughs) let's see here who so i know a lot of guys have been kind of in and out on the defense here lately snap counts from the jets game Teron johnson is getting a lot of obviously not coming not even come he's a nickel corner that doesn't come off the field um Mm -hmm. but you're not gonna put him on kelsey too small right Tremaine Edmonds and, and Matt Milano as athletic and as strong as they are in pass coverage for, you know, Milano being fantastic at it and Edmonds being a lot better at it. Do you still trust either of those guys to, to kind of man up Kelsey and, and say, Hey, we're going to put a safety over the top. So, so play on them tight and and try and do something. Or do you think you still need somebody with a little more shake, a little more wiggle to to cover Kelsey?
1: I do kind of like the matchup of Milano only because he's a bigger guy and he's yeah. you know, better at pass coverage than Edmonds. Yeah. But I feel like it would be nice to maybe put someone else there, maybe DeMar Hamlin or maybe a Dane Jackson or somebody like that.
0: Hamlin Just would to, be interesting.
1: I think, I don't know, because I feel like you need a, you're need you going to need a bigger guy to try to tackle him, but you're also going to need the speed there like 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 Hamlin. Uh I mean, I think that's really the only way you're going to be able to stop and then keep, obviously, Poyer over the middle Mm -hmm. in case he gets, in case Travis Kelsey gets deep because he does have some speed. So, I mean, yeah, definitely.
0: Damar Hamlin would be really, really interesting. I'm going, I have a lot of basketball analogies tonight, but it'd be a lot like a Tony Allen who, despite being, you know, 6'4. Is just so feisty and tough. He's not afraid mm-hmm. to get up under bigger guys. I yeah, almost see sure. Demar Hamlin as like that because he is very, very physical and he is, you know, really tough. And he's been playing so, so much this season since Micah Hyde went down. So that would almost be interesting. But I, I, I think you know he's probably not quite ready. But it, for mm-hmm. a Kelsey matchup in the playoffs, but it would be interesting to throw him in on a couple, maybe especially on like if the, if they get the Chiefs in like third and long. Yeah. And he knows where the sticks are and, and he just needs to be able to play that. That would be interesting. And I was leading up to is there a chance at any point they say screw it? And they throw Poyer on him and, and they let one of those young guys kind of be that last line of defense in terms of Hamlin or, or somebody else mixing in or, or could they get to that point, or do you think they try, you know, something else or even, you know, do more zones and stuff like that before they get to the point where they take Poyer down for Kelsey?
1: I think I think they would pr- probably do more zones before po- or before they bring Poyer, but let's say it's a fourteen three game going into mm-hmm. halftime. I think you have no choice but to put Poyer on them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think it's gonna it's gonna go by a play to play basis. I believe.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's gonna. It, it, I mean, it's gonna be fascinating. And you would like to think that Edmonds and Hyde would have the chemistry and the horses and the IQ at this point to kind of work together to neutralize any of his any of Kelsey's just like abilities to find the soft spot in the zone and Mm -hmm. sit in it right you'd think they'd be able to clean that up but then yeah it's gonna be when he goes up the seam and he's 20 yards down the field and now you have all those young defensive backs back there
1: what
0: are what are you gonna do from that standpoint that that is going to be the most fascinating, and then yeah, I mean, we're we're talking about all this defensive stuff, and at the end of the day, it's going to be going to be in the 30s and, and 40s, regardless. Mm-hmm.
2: So, yeah,
0: you know, maybe it is just going to be as simple as who can control the ball the most and, and have it there towards the end of the game. Um, and at least for us, well, maybe not you. That'll be very stressful for you for the rest of us. I was going to say it's gonna it's gonna be very very fun, no matter what. Um, yeah, man. I mean, that's. That's the bills. I mean, it, it feels very positive. There's a lot going mm-hmm. well for that. It's really going to come down to, you, you know, that, those last couple matchups and just who who's healthy and, and the yeah, game definitely. plans of the DCs. Cause you know, the offense is going to have um, their, their stuff together and we're getting close to that time, man. We're almost, we're almost there. Um, Danny, anything else on the bills as a whole on the season thus far on the playoff chances on on anything else going on in Buffalo
1: no I mean I think it's uh I think it's just an exciting time to be a Bills fan I mean all those years of just you know losing and stuff and I've you know you know I was I was born in 2000 so I never saw that you know all the 90s stuff so and Mm. all I've known is you know the Bills to be you know losers up until you know 2017 2018 or whatever so it's so it's a fun time to be a Bills fan I think I mean it's a you know, some nervous energy, but I think it's, I think it's good too. It's, uh, and I think the sky's the sky's the limit. You know, we got Josh Allen wrapped up for a lot of years now. So I think as long as he's healthy and he's a quarterback and as long as, as long as we have, you know, guys like Stefan Diggs on our team, I think, I think only, only positives can happen, honestly.
0: Yeah. Like we said, th- we're squarely in the window, but the window is not closing yet mm-hmm. right that, that's for sure but it definitely you know the, the goal is the super bowl and, and they're right up there with any team i think if you had to narrow it down to like four to four or five teams and, and that's what we're trying to do in this these little series here before the playoffs start but, but the bills are definitely squarely in it so uh yeah definitely a good time to be a bills fan anytime that you are for you or any bills fan is sitting there Stressing over this nervous energy of having a Super Bowl contending team. Just think about the little guys out there. Just think about uh, think think about the Jags fans. Think about the Lions fans. At least they're having some some positivity this year. Think about the Texans fans. Um, you know, just just remember that it used to be a lot worse. Uh, yeah. Danny, go ahead and, and plug anything you want to plug, personal, professional, whatever you got.
1: Yeah, no, just go ahead. Uh, follow me. Uh, follow me on Instagram, uh, Danny Sergusa. And uh, just go ahead and follow Phantom Sports. Uh, I'm over there here. Uh, I'm over there interning with them. Uh, go give them a follow. We post all kinds of content. So,
0: yeah, more wrestling stuff lately. I'm seeing a lot of wrestling things. Yeah,
1: I've been trying to. I've been trying there's to.
0: There's a ton right now.
1: I've been trying to uh, sp- trying to spread it out. I mean, yes, there's NBA stuff. There's NFL stuff, and I'm I'm a big uh, MLB guy too. I'm a huge Yankees fan, so.
0: But obviously, all the signings, I was going to say, yeah,
1: aside from the signings, there's not really anything else going on there. So I've been trying to trying to get more wrestling content if I can in there.
0: And the wrestling stuff, I tried so hard to get into that. And I'm leaving this in the pot. I tried so hard to get into that as a kid. And I have such a short attention span, which is why basketball will always be kind of my first love. And and so I I was like, okay, Saturday night, I'm going to put this match on. I'm going to actually watch it. All my friends are talking about it. And they would be talking. I'd be like, let me just flip over real quick. Oh, Trailblazers Supersonics are on at 11 o'clock. And I'm an eight-year-old boy up on a Saturday. I'm going to watch this. This is, this is great. Um, so that was, that's my wrestling story. That's all I got for you. But yeah, go over to FAM Sports, everybody. As you know, um, we do a lot of stuff over there. So definitely a lot of fun. You can pretty much catch anything you're looking for, looking for a fix on, and, and definitely some good people over there. So for Danny... For me, everybody, thank you for listening. Danny, thank you so much for being here. If the yeah, bills, for me. And absolutely. If the bills, and you know, I'll just say if, so you can't blame me for anything. No jinxing here. Um, go on a little run here. We might maybe we'll have to try to have you back to talk about yeah. it and celebrate. Um, but everybody out there, thank you so much for being with us and listening once again. And so have fun and be safe out there. We'll <laughs>